Well, this morning, somebody sent me a video, uh, a YouTube video of R.W. Schambach. Uh, it was David Alderman, and Lisa was in the living room, and we were listening to it. She said, are you playing that tonight? And I said, I can. Um, it's about 18, 19 minutes long, and, um, and when I'm done, I, 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 I have something to share. But, I would, but you'll just be blessed, so just spend the next few minutes just getting blessed out of your socks. Amen. Amen. Just someone hit play. Oil for two more cakes. And you read your marginal reference and you found out this was a perpetual miracle for the next 1,000 days over three years. You know what that woman did? She said to the man of God, you staying with us, brother? talking about the woman in Sarah. Well, go down there to Sister Smith's house. They dying like flies down there. You are staying here. And he stayed in the house and every time they went back to that meal barrel there was enough meal and enough oil for three more cakes. Woo! Somebody said to me, yeah, Brother Shambach, but why didn't God fill the thing up? It would have got stale, dummy. He only promises daily bread. Daily bread. Thank him for what you have today. I said thank him for what you have today. America is headed for trouble, but it won't affect God's people. God knows how to bless his people. There's a lot of corporations that are going to go bankrupt, but they're going to come to the church and borrow money because God's going to give the wealth of the world of the wicked rather into the hands of the church. God is going to prosper his people. Can you raise your hands and shout amen? trouble in the church. Now I'm ready to preach my sermon. You know why the trouble's in the land? He said, I'm not the one that caused this trouble. You are, king. You've forsaken the commandments of God. You've destroyed the worship of Jehovah. You've brought in Baal and Ashtaroth and you're serving those false gods. This is America's problem. We've forsaken God and now we're worshiping idols. Are you listening to me, folks? There's trouble in the land, but there is still hope for the people of God. Let them worship their false gods. I'm not bowing down to any false god. God is God. And he's the same today as he was 2,000 years ago. And he is the answer to every one of our problems. You don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. I have people write me every day. They tell me, why do you keep saying I don't have any trouble? If you had to go through what I was going through, you wouldn't say that. 
I said, listen to the rest of the story. All you need is faith in God. You'll know how to cope with the trouble. I borrowed that from a man. Some of you heard me say this, but I borrowed it from a man in Buffalo, New York. When I preached in Buffalo, he invited us home for dinner one night. He lived in Niagara Falls. And when people invite us out to eat, we fast all day. He looks like he ain't fast. But I didn't know he lived in Niagara Falls. And we sat at the table at one o'clock in the morning. He asked me to bless it. And I've never seen a feast like it. Roast turkey stuffed. A side of beef. The loin. What do they call them things, Dwight? You're a cow, man. Prime rib, that's it. She had the whole rib. Prime rib, that's it, isn't it? She had T-bone steaks. And on top of that, she had fried chicken. Come on. You never invite a preacher out unless you have fried chicken. I put many of them chickens in the ministry. And he asked me to bless that spread and I gave it the old fashioned blessing. Quickly. And I filled my plate gospel measure, the running over variety. Couldn't wait to eat when all of a sudden he got one of them talking spells. I don't like to talk when I eat. But what he was saying was better than the food. You hear me, with this I'll close. Come back at 10 o'clock in the morning and I'll finish it. This gentleman began to tell a story. He said, Brother Shambach, I was stricken with spinal meningitis. I was totally crippled from head to toe. And I'm looking at a man that's in perfect health and I knew something happened. And I was grasping hold of every word. He said, I had it made. I worked for the federal government. I had money in the bank. I had a good balance in the savings account as well as the checking account. My house was three-fourths paid off. Never been sick a day in my life. And many of you can identify with this. But he says, when all of a sudden trouble struck, spinal meningitis paralyzed him hospitalized for over three months he had the finest kind of health insurance but it wasn't enough to pay the bill he started taking it from the checking and the savings account and it began to dwindle it got so bad they called in specialists from all over the world he had to get the equity out of his home mortgage to the neck Borrowed money. The balance in the bank was double zero. On top of that, he lapsed into a coma as a result of arthritis creeping into every joint, the painful kind of arthritis, rheumatoid. And he could not stand the intensity of the pain, and he lapsed into a coma and stay in that condition for over three months. Now, he told me this story, and I'm catching every word. I want to find out how he got delivered. 
He said, even though I was in a coma, I knew what was taking place around me. They called in my priest to give me the last rites of the church. That's how bad it was. Extreme unction, it's called. They gave him the last rites. He said, I wanted to let the priest know I understood what he was doing. But he said, I couldn't even flicker an eyelash. If any of you minister to people in hospitals, don't give up because they're in a coma. They may not be able to communicate back, but you can get through to them as you minister. And he said when he finished with that rite, he folded the paraphernalia. I could hear the suit or the briefcase close. And he said, I heard the door shut. And he said when the door closed, all of a sudden, another priest walked through the wall. There's something different about this priest. The priest that just left had his collar on backwards. And he was dressed in black. The priest that come through that wall was dressed in a long, white, flowing robe. And he said he walked over to my bed. I didn't know who he was. But he leaned down over my frame that just got ready for the grave. And he called me by my name and put his lips to my ear. And he said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. And I grabbed a hold of that and I've been using it for 32 years. I borrowed it from this man. And he said, as I lay there, I'm wondering, I don't have any trouble. What kind of crazy priest is this? If I don't have any trouble, what is trouble? Spinal meningitis, paralyzed from head to toe. Spinal meningitis, rheumatoid arthritis, bank account, double zero balance. The priest just got me ready for the grave. If I don't have any trouble, what's trouble? But he said he answered every question I ever had. Still bent over my body with his lips my ear he said I am Jesus of Nazareth and I am healing you now when I walk out of this room I want you to go in that restroom and shave yourself and get dressed and go to the first bookstore you find and buy a Bible and begin reading in St. John's Gospel and you'll find the way to eternal life I'm so glad he didn't tell him to go to a church somewhere. Come on. He'd have got confused on the journey to heaven. But he told him to go to a bookstore and buy a Bible. And he said he turned around and walked through that wall. And he said, I awakened out of a deep sleep. Now listen to what he said. And this is a part that I want to instill into your heart. He said, I wanted to be obedient to the commands that he gave me. So he said, I pulled that thing out of my arm. They were feeding him dextrose, that sugared water. He pulled it out and he said, he told me to go in and shave. So I wanted to do it. And he said, I was in there shaving. And he said, it felt like I just ate 
four T-bone steaks over six months. Hadn't eaten a thing. Mouth was all raw because he's never used it, but now he's totally healed. And the nurse is tippy-toeing in because the other priest went out the other door, you know. She knew that he gave him the last rites and she came in to pull the sheet up over him. And when she got to the bed, it was it. She thought maybe he got translated quick. And she happened to see him in the restroom and she went in there. He's in there shaving and singing. She put his arm under his arm. Don't you know you're dying? The priest gave you the last rites. Get back in the bed. He looked at her and said, cool it, honey. Another priest came in and gave me the first rites all over again. I'm not going to die, but I'm going to live. when he's telling you a story like this. Tears were going down in my stuffing and turkey gravy. And he looked at me and he said, Brother Shambach, why did he go through the wall? Why didn't he use the door? I said, what God did for you, and that's the most stupid question you can find. I said, my God, man, he is the door. God can make a door wherever you are. In a hospital room, I'm talking to you watching television. You're sitting there in that lazy boy chair drinking that beer. He'll come right into that living room where you are. He will make an entrance into your life. The church is too sanctified to go into a bar, but the Holy Ghost will come in there and knock you off of that stool and he'll knock you down save you and fill you with the Holy Ghost. Yes! <laughs> Hallelujah! He wants to make a door into your life. He'll visit you behind prison doors. That's where some of these requests came from. They may be able to keep you from getting out, but they can't keep God out of that cell. My God! He will There's trouble. There's trouble that's in the land and it's going to become intense. But God has a way of keeping his own. Yeah. Can you shout amen? Come on, amen. He said a thousand shall well, fall at your side, side and ten thousand at your right hand. Right but it it'll shall not come, come near me. me. It coming near shepherd and I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. Hallelujah. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. 
he's fixing to give an Don't anybody call. leave. We just getting started. Come on, somebody. Say amen. amen. I thought y'all need a little bit of good preaching tonight. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about R.W. When I got born again, I thought he was black. I did. I didn't have any idea it was a German white man. I'd go up in my bedroom at night, and I couldn't. There, there was a radio station in Gainesville, Georgia, and the only way I could get it was to take the radio. Do y'all remember radios with antennas? Y'all remember that? I had to stick it on the screen and let the screen become the antenna and pick him up. So it was about 10 o'clock at night he'd come on, or 9.45, and he'd start preaching, and he'd, and, and he'd start off, you don't have any problems, all you need is faith in God. And he, I used to be introvert. Night R.W. was preaching. Man, the Holy Ghost got all over me. I walked out in Athens, Georgia at 10 o'clock at night. They rolled, they rolled the sidewalks up. There ain't no cars on the road. People go home, go to bed. You can go to the store if you want to. Ain't nobody there. There might be five cars in town, if any, a police officer or a taxi or something. And I walked out there and looked up at the stars and I said, glory. And all that introvert broke off me. Amen. Sat and listened to R.W. Schambach, and I've been crazy ever since. <laughs> so anyway, it was a, you, you, can, you can turn it off if you want to. One day, oh, a year or two later, I was watching Schambach on television, and I went, I thought Schambach was coming. They said, that is Schambach. No, that ain't Shamba. And then when I found out Fred Price was black, not white, that shocked me. <laughs> but it's the greater one, isn't it? So Pentecost has been around longer than y'all thought it had been. People running aisles and jumping pews, amen. Get your Bible. Y'all ready for some word? Yes, sir. So the sermon tonight is called Never Die. Say Never Die. Now, I'm going to tell you in a moment where this came from. It came from two different places. Number one, I have a shirt at home called Never Die, and I was going to wear it, and I chickened out. It's a black T-shirt. But a lot of people are worried right now. There's just way too many people worried about everything. And so I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to go through the Word of God tonight, and we're going to talk about the day you're living in. And maybe Sunday morning, I can't promise you this, but I'm going to tell you something Mary Fran said to Justin and I the other day. She said, just like the Judah led the army in praise, you're going to need to get your praise on. Because the enemy cannot stand before church praising God. And you're going to have to get the fear off you. They said the second group of people that came behind Judah was the tribe of Issachar, and they were the ones that know what's going on. There are people right now that know what's going on in the world. And I know there's people in the body of Christ that know what's happening. And I, you know, I don't like to get into a lot of what the devil's doing, but because it don't really matter. He's a loser. Okay. But the third group was the financial group. I believe something Shambach just said, and I've been pondering it. Mary Fran said in, in the meeting in Alabama, 
that the Lord showed her 12 digits, and I think it's like a barcode. Is it that the church is going to create their own bank? 12 digits and 12 what? Scriptures? Churches. So is it, is it possible that we're supposed to start a bank? Let me talk to you a minute about that. When I was building my cabin and I ran out of money, the bank won't touch you because I didn't use a general contractor to build it. Now, they don't want to be a part of something. They don't know how it's built. So I, and, and I had already gone through a quarter of a million dollars, and I'm out of money, and I can't finish the house. And I went to God and prayed. I prayed a lot in the Holy Ghost. And finally, one day, I got the bright idea because I had one of the workers out there that busted all of my windows out. And I decided I was going to sue him. See, you get mad, you do all kinds of stuff. You either whip somebody or sue somebody. But I was mad. And I went to Joe Karen because he was a roofer. And I said, oh, this is a roofing guy. And I said, I'm going to sue someone. He said, why? I said, and I told him a story. And he said, you need money? I said, oh, yeah, I need money. I said, bank won't touch me. He said, I'm a bank. He said, I'll give you a first mortgage. How much you need? I went, serious? And he wrote me a check of $200,000. Finished the house? $850,000 house. Sold it, took the rest, took the money we made off of it, bought that house we live in now, paid cash for it, got out from under it. That was my ish, that was my Ishmael. Don't condemn me. Everybody wondered, why'd you do it? I haven't got any idea, and you, ain't, you, you don't even want to know. But had I not found someone that had a bank that would loan me the money, he said, now, a bank will give you a second mortgage. So when you get finished, just go to the bank and borrow the money, and, and I did it. He got me out of hot water. But now you think about the guy that owns the shopping center over there. He's a bank. He's a businessman. And people rent from him, and he can loan them money. And I thought, why don't churches do that? Because the problem in America today is the banking system. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, now, if you know anything about houses, did you know that the banks are buying them up? Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because they don't want you to own them anymore. Yeah. You see, if you go out and buy a house and you rent it out, you, you, you make money. Absolutely. So why don't banks do it? They do. They, they started. The last recession was created for them to buy up all those houses. Thank you all. There's a, lot, there's a lot of manure going on in the world. And so in this last COVID-19, all of the billionaires doubled in money. They're creating this mess. So we're, there's a situation, but see, in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, when they begin to worship God, it says when they came over the hill, all their enemies were dead, and, they, and it took them three days to haul all the gold and silver and diamonds and jewelry home. Now, I think God's got something for the church. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to get our praise on. We're going to learn how to worship God. Anyway, that's, that's some of the stuff Mary Fran talked to us about, and I'll tell you the rest of it later. Then you had to come back. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Jeannie, go get me a water. 2 Corinthians 4. 
I want to talk about people say, and, and I get it. I mean, I'm not making fun. I'm not making fun at all. I'm not even a little bit poking at you. Well, we could die. You're, you're going to die. Maybe not this week, maybe not this month, hopefully not this year. But all of us are going to die in the natural. So, so let me start off with a question before we get started. In a thousand years from now, whether you died at 50 or 60 is really not a very big deal. I'm not saying it's okay for you to go home early. I'm just telling you, we make way too big a deal out of this bump in the road. This is a test. This is a bump. This isn't home. We need to start using terms like, they went home. Are you going home? I'm going home. When are you going home? Paul said, man, I just want to leave, but I better stay for y'all. I mean, we got him wanting to leave and you wanting to stay. <laughs> Nobody in hell wants to, wants to be there. Nobody in heaven wants to leave and come back. You ought to go read the story of Smith Wigglesworth raising his wife from the dead and she chewed him out. Now, that's another story. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Let's read this. Four, I think it's 4, 7. I hope I'm right. No, 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 416. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Now, let me make a statement to you about old age for just a second. (coughs) You can stay healthy, but you can't stay young. Thank y'all. We, well, matter of fact, we're gonna, we're gonna, I gotta make an announcement. Betty wasn't here while ago. She's late for her own birthday party. Today, Betty May is 80 years young. By the way, Betty, we got a cake out there for you. And it ain't low, it ain't low calorie either, honey. You're gonna eat some cake. Now, Betty don't like anybody making a big to do over her, but tonight, we don't care. We're going to make a big to-do over Betty. Now, Betty, Betty is a fine lady. And if anybody gets to have a big birthday party at church, it ought to be Betty May. Amen. Now, now we'll, we'll get back to Betty in a, in a, at the end of the service. We'll have some cake. Now, one of the things people talk about, and I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this in just a second. Well, let me read it first. Let me read it first. Therefore, we don't lose heart even though our outward man is perishing. Honey, it's perishing. I didn't say you had to get sick, but, but it ain't. It don't look nothing to walk, talk, and act nothing like it did when it was 20. And don't you look at me and tell me it does because it don't. And your faith can't change it. Ah, no, it can't either. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, let me tell you young people something. I ain't old. Now, my body is 68, but my inside man is one day old. 
because things in the Holy Ghost don't ever get old. I ain't getting old. So when my, when my grandkids say, in your day, I don't, listen, I understand they're talking about my body, but on the inside, I'm a puppy just like you are. I ain't an old man. I still have the same dreams, the same desires, and I still kiss Lisa like I did when she was 6, 18. I didn't kiss her when she was 16, but I, never mind. But see, you know the thing that people have this idea that somehow or another, we old. I ain't old. And you're not old. We got to get over, we've got to get over talking about when I die. Jesus said, you believe in me, you will never die. What are you talking about dying? We might leave, but we ain't dead. Anybody cries at my funeral, I'm coming back in your bedroom at three o'clock in the morning. Ah, pastor came in the bedroom last night. (laughs) Uh, Listen, the, the, The inward man is renewed day by day. Now, understand something. I I, I get up and go jogging. I still remember what it's like to run three miles. It's okay. My heart's there. I climbed a mountain last year to kill a deer, and I got up there in a deer. I wasn't 10 feet from a whitetail. And I looked at it and I said, I'm going to let you live because I ain't dragging you down. (laughs) I'm not taking you down this hill. Took me an hour to get up there and I am not dragging you. I said, I'll I'll be back next. I'm going to take an ATV next time. All right, anyway, never mind. For our light affliction. Come on, y'all, say it. I like what R.W. said. You ain't got no trouble. Listen, I know there's a war. And I know that China's man. I know that in the Bible, the the dragon is, is China. And I know that the bear is Russia. And I know about the book of Daniel. And I know all about the new world order. And I know about 2029 where they're planning on flipping it. And I know all about them shutting all the lights off in America. I know all about all that stuff. But the Bible calls your time here on this planet a light affliction. And that is Paul talking, a man that got beat, stoned, shipwrecked, snake bit, and the whole nine yards, way more than you. And he said, your time here is very short. And he called it a light affliction. Someday, soon and very soon, we're not even going to remember anything about this place. And we're going to look back. Do y'all remember, do you remember your elementary school day? You, you know, y'all have, but it's, that's, oh man, that's a long time ago. No, it's, it's a vague memory. And it ain't been that long. High school. You, you, some of you going, Pastor, I was trying to forget all that. It's under the blood. Yeah, Amen. You know, I was looking at pictures the other day. 
the, of the boys. When they, and, and isn't it fun to look at it and go, oh, weren't they cute? What happened? <laughs> but it's only a memory. Soon, this, this bump, and I mean a bump, it will be a vague memory. That's it. Don't make this the whole pie. It ain't, this ain't it. That world is more real than this one. This world was made out of that one. They got better music over there. They got better food over there. They got it. And there ain't nobody killing anybody. And ain't nobody lying. Ain't no politicians that we know there. You might know a few. There's a few lawyers there, but not many. I told that joke one time, and I had a lawyer in a tree. He got all mad at me. And I said, oh, don't get mad at me. You know it's true. (laughs) Now, Paul's right. Our light affliction... Which is but what? A moment. Now, I remembered when I married Lisa, it was about a year ago. Don't it seem it? Someone said, you've been pastoring this church 30-something years. I'm going, really? I slept through a third of it. <laughs> sleep a third of your day away, you know that. Some of y'all sleep half your day away. And you work the other third. Now look, look at this. Our light affliction, but a moment is working for us a far more exceeding eternal way to glory. Get over, get over the fear of dying. I watched a video the other day of people in Ukraine in the subway worshiping God. I'm going to tell you something. From now on, you need to worship from this point to the rapture of the church. Someone said, you're going to die. You ought to get hell. <laughs> Glory. Y'all remember that little boy, the Burpo boy? I don't know his name. Little Burpo kid. What was his name? Todd. Todd's dad one day was trying to explain to Todd to hold his hand and don't run out in front of cars. And he said, why? He said, you could die. And he went, cool. He said, I want to go back. He said, how do you tell a boy to not run in front of cars when he thinks dying is cool? He said, I'll see Papa again. Like I said, ain't nobody over there wanting to come back over here. Our light affliction with a moment is working for us a far more exceeding way to glory while we don't look at things that are seen, but at things which are not seen for the things that are seen are temporary and the things which are not seen are eternal. Chapter five, verse one, we know that if our earthly house of this tent is destroyed. Now, let me make a statement to you right now because I want to get on this. Every book I've ever read in my life where someone was in a car wreck and a truck hit them and smashed them and came back, never said anything about the trauma of dying. You've never read a book about a Christian dying, even though they got run over by a Mack truck. They went, I don't know what happened, but I was just all of a sudden Jesus was there. Do you know why? Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll never die. Death is like a bee sting and you're gone. 
You need to understand, the Bible says he took the sting out of death. There's no sting in it. You just look around and go, who is that guy laying in the bed right there? That looked like me. What am I doing out here? And your spouse comes in and grabs them and goes, wait, wait, no, 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 don't be hugging that guy right here. Big old angels goes, let's go home. That's all there is to it. Christian ought to never fear this thing we call death. Jesus conquered it. And you already died and rose from the dead and you'll never die again. I want to I I read the rest of this and then we're going to jump. Verse 2, in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation from heaven. If indeed having been clothed will not be found naked, for we in this tent do groan being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared for us this very thing is God who has given us his spirit as a guarantee. The word guarantee there is the same word used when you buy a house and they put a, uh, earnest money down. He gave you the Holy Ghost as earnest money that I'm coming back to get you. You're his property and he's coming back. I'm starting to feel a little like Shambach all of a sudden. For while we're confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord for we walk by faith and not by sight. Now go back to four, seven. Let's go back where I was going to start. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God, but not of us. Listen, you have Zoe. You are, you have life in you. You're, you are, you are alive and you'll never die. You'll never die. And we walk around with life on the inside of us. Every demon in hell can see that you glow. And a demon walks in a room, he can tell who's saved and who isn't saved. Unsaved people are dark and saved people are glowing like a, like a, like a firefly. I mean, have y'all ever caught them when you were a kid and put them in your bedroom at night? That's cool. And your mama come in there and go, what are you doing? I've got all these bugs in the room. They don't turn the light on until the light goes off. Because they go, your mama's coming. <laughs> I'm from Georgia. I remember all that stuff. Look at verse 8. We're hard pressed on every side. Really? Yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. Sure, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. Sure, we get knocked down, but we're never destroyed. We always carry around in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ that the life may be manifest in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. In other words, listen, he's saying, while you're here, death is around you all the time. It's why your body aches. It's why everything. Listen, this isn't home. You need to quit holding on to this thing so you, you got a death grip on this world. Let it go and let God be God. All the children of Israel that held on to life died. And the ones that gave their life to God went back in the promised land and lived to a ripe old age. 
Brother Hagin said when he was laying in that bed, he would hold on to the bedpost trying to hold on to life. Wore all the varnish off the bed out of fear. And he didn't get healed until he got over the fear of dying. Once he, once he died, went into hell and got born again, then he looked forward to dying, got over fear, and lived. Fear will kill you faster than anything else. I'm doing a pretty good job. Just pretty good. Daniel 7.21. Let's talk a little bit about this. Let's go to Daniel a little bit. I don't know what time it is. I don't even want to look at that clock. R.W. took all my time. <laughs> Justin, some people are going to be coming and going, where that video at? So you get, need to get ready, let them know. 721, read this. I was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailed against them until the ancient of days came and judgment was made in favor of the saints and the most high and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Say, we're going home. Yeah, this thing ain't lasting long. Now look at verse 18. Go up the top. And the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and forever and forever. Daniel chapter 1132. Let's just change the turn to page. 1132. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he, the Antichrist, will corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out exploits. And those of the people who understand shall instruct many, and many days they may fall by the sword and flame and captivity and wandering, but God will take care of them. Let me tell you something. It says in, says in the book of Revelation chapter 12. Now listen to this scripture. Listen, to, we, 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 we read it as though we're talking about us and the devil right now. But he's talking about the, 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 the tribulation period. And it says, and they overcame him. Yes. Who is overcoming the devil during the tribulation? We are. Amen. They overcame him. There's a group of people the devil has never been able. Listen, he had trouble with one Jesus. I mean, he couldn't whoop one Jesus. What in the world is he doing with five or seven million Jesuses running around this planet right now praying? People in the Ukraine right now said soldiers are getting out of their tanks and asking them for food and surrendering themselves. They said that they're watching the missiles in the sky blowing up in the air and they're not landing anyway. They're in they're praying and the and the, and the, and Russia has not been able to get anything done because the church there is worshiping God and praying and God is fighting their battles. Come on. You know, anything going to happen in the days ahead? Well, darkness will cover the earth, but I thought that you were light. You know, Lisa told me the other day, she says, you need to get more lights on the house when we come home. Listen, with your light, they can see you in the dark. Ain't nobody even knows you're saved now, but they will. Man, you blinding me. <laughs> Jesus, Bible says that when Jesus came in the earth, it says the world was in darkness and a great light called Jesus the, the life of God was a great light. 
You have the life of God in you. You, you, you will never be in darkness. You will never be poor. You will never be, you'll never be defeated. And, they hate, and, the, and the devil and the banking system, they hate you. Okay, I got it. Ecclesiastes 3. I... <laughs> this is a book nobody ever reads but me. I love, I love the book Ecclesiastes. Someone says, well, Solomon was backslidden. No, I don't think he was. I think he just had a come to Jesus moment where he realized that he wasn't God no matter how smart he was. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. To everything there's a season and a time for every person, purpose under heaven. There's a time that you were born and there's going to be a day you die. I hate to bop your bubble, but there ain't a thing you can do about it. Someone says, well, I want to be raptured. What do you think the rapture is? <laughs> you leave your body. <laughs> well, if you go over to a Muslim nation, they'll take a big sword and rapture you right there. <laughs> what do you think is happening? <laughs> because you're afraid of you're afraid of the process. There's a lot of people going through the process. They're not even in heaven having to go through counseling. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm so traumatic. Well, come on in here, angel. Take him up there. Take him a month or two. Put him in the hospital. This was a tragic day he died. I don't think so. I think you look up there and go, whoo, glory. All your in-laws and outlaws are way before you are waiting there for you. And you're like, man, church all over again. Let's go to the throne room. I mean, I heard, I heard they got, they got a gospel show going on tonight. And Paul is preaching. You're like, God, this is better than Pastor Morgan. I mean, dear Lord, I mean. I'm okay with that. You know, when I get there, I have people I want to see. I want to meet E.W. Kenyon. I got people I want to. I want to meet John G. Lake. I want to meet these men that rocked this planet. You know, I'll tell you something else. Are y'all ready for this? My mother miscarried. I got a brother. My first wife miscarried. I have a son I've never seen. Don't shout me down. Your relatives, oh, they went. They, listen, they're real happy right now. They're happier than you are. <laughs> Glory. My mother, when she died, Mark was there. She died on my birthday. I was building a house and I couldn't get away and I said, God, keep her here one more day. I got to get a I got to get my uh, license to, what is it, when you get, when CO, certificate, I had to get it that day, and then I could go. I said, okay, God, you let her go. Mark was in the room. My mother was in a wheelchair. That's no life. She slept in it, everything. She never got out of it. Never stand up, just sit. What kind of life is that? 
I said, Heavenly Father, you need to take her. And she's sitting there and she's real depressed. And that's probably about the only time you should be depressed. I want to go to heaven. And she went, and Mark says she looked up and went, oh, and died. What's oh mean? Big old angel walked in there and went, you ready? She's like, yeah. And slumped over in that chair and left that old raggedy body behind. I was watching the 700 Club one time. There was a man that used to run when he was young. He said, I love to run. I love to run. And he got old and he couldn't run. And he said one day he died. Of course, this is a guy that came back. And he said when he first got there, he went. He, went. he said, y'all excuse me. And he took off running. <laughs> he said, I hadn't done this in 60 years. <laughs> Woo. Okay, never mind. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what you planted. There is a time to kill. Mm, I don't want to go down that one. A time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build. There is a time that you weep, not forever, but there's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn, and there is a time that you dance. There's a time to cast away stones. There's a time to gather them up, a time to embrace and very often military men embrace their wives and then they turn around and say, I got to go. A time to refrain from bracing. There's a time to gain. There's a time to lose. There's a time to keep. Time to throw away. Time to tear. Time to sow. There's a time to shut up. There's a time to go. I can't shut up no more. I'm going to have to say something. There's a time to love. And what about a time to hate? Don't you hate what you see going on? I'm not talking about people. Right now, the Ukraine is in a time of war. They asked the, the church there, are you going to fight? And they went, no. And I went, I would. This ain't a time to evangelize. This is a time to get Russia out. You, you, do you know what time it is? You see, there's a time to go to the beach. Time to go to church. There's a time to make money. There's a time to give it. There's a time to love and to worship God, and then there's a time for you to pray and get on your face. Time to get, read scriptures on how good God is, and there's time to read scriptures on how you need to get right with God. You just have to find out what time it is. Time to love, time to hate, time of war, time of peace. What profit has the worker from which he labors I have seen the God-given task which men, the sons of men, are occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. There's a time to go fishing, time to eat fish. There's a time to plant a garden, time to harvest the garden. There's a time to go snow skiing, time to leave it and go to the beach. Amen. Who wants to stay in snow? All the time. I don't. Who wants to stay on the beach all the time? I don't. There's times I want to go see leaves and I want, to, I want that cold to bite me. After it bites me for a couple of weeks, I want to go back and get unbitten. Fall back out. The other day, Lisa went to Tennessee and I texted her and I said, what's the temperature? She's at 33. I said, well, it's about 80 something here. I said, are you enjoying it? She goes, yeah, I'm having, this is fun. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Got her down vest and her big old heavy coat on and her wool socks and... And about three or four days later, are you ready to come home? Yeah. 
wake up and put three more quilts on the bed at night, time to come home. All right. He made everything beautiful in its time, and he has put eternity in their heart. God placed something in you that says you will be here forever. And we need to think forever. How are you going to be doing in 100 years? Are you planning it? I am. Why do you think I do what I do? Because there is a time I'll stand before God. There's a time I won't be here anymore. I don't wrap everything I do up in this planet. There's a time to do it. And there's a time to abstain from that and do something beyond earth. We all know that when you're born again, you have eternal life. Million years from now. Have you even given that thought? A million years from now. I'm going to preach a sermon here soon on rewards. I know you're born again by the blood, but do you have anything waiting on you when you die? I'm going to do another sermon here. Are you all ready? Do you understand that God works with you in your trouble to make you a better person? Yes. You know that? Did you know he's not as worried about your trouble as you are? Do you understand that some of the stuff you're going through right now is God developing you to get you ready for the next place he's got for you? Do you know why you're not having the rewards you have? Because you haven't submitted to him. And he's got some stuff he wants to teach you and you don't like it. If you love every sermon I preach, there's something wrong with you or me. If you don't go home sometimes and go, oh, you're in the wrong church. This is your church. If a pastor is always tickling you, you ain't growing, baby. See, we all have areas that we avoid. God don't avoid them. He, lead, he led Jesus into the wilderness. He led you some places you didn't like. He's got you places now you don't like. Hang in there till you find out what it is he's trying to teach you. That's another sermon. I'm not even going to get on that one any more than I just did. But we got a lot of things we need to talk about. I'm looking forward to rewards. Sometimes I'm just glad I'm going. <laughs> I'll be, uh, just let me be at the door. Just let me hold the door for you. Just, I don't want to go to hell, man. I just... You know, I've had times when God has really got on to me. You, you think that he's just nice all the time. Well, you, somebody said, well, he don't judge. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, you better believe he don't like everything I do, and he don't like everything you do. And he ain't going to put up with your junk always. But he loves you. Now, come on, you parent, you know, like your kids, you go, oh, we're going to get that straightened out this week. <laughs> you're about to find out how to act. All right, never mind. Amen. 
I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and, and do good and that, the, that every man should eat, drink, and enjoy the good of his labor. It is the gift of God. Now, let me read what I, what I skipped. Except that no man can find the work of God. L- listen to me. Get over Russia. Enjoy God. We ain't, we ain't there. You got food? Get happy. You saved? Get happy. And understand, listen, I understand that there's all kind of junk going on. Listen, whether Trump's in the office or Trump ain't in the office, you get happy right now. You, you, listen, you start, you rejoice today. You enjoy your kids now. Because if you're old, you know good and well they grow up quick and you don't want to blow this time. You get a chance to be with them, that's precious. Don't you throw it away thinking about tomorrow when you've got today sitting in front of you. That's why Shambach made the statement. He said, you ain't, you ain't eating no bread tomorrow. You, don't worry about tomorrow's bread. You eat today's bread. Yeah. We, every one of us so far living in the future. You didn't even enjoy your last week. I used to eat my food so fast I couldn't taste it. My mother said, slow down and enjoy it. Yeah. She said, did you even taste it? Now I'm the other way. All right, never mind. I, I got. It. I got to go. Ecclesiastes eight twelve. I love this book. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times, say George Soros, and his days are prolonged, he's going to hell. Don't envy him. How come George Soros still alive? How come that old sucker ain't dead? Don't worry about it. He ain't your problem. All you need is faith in God. <laughs> surely a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged. Yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. Worry about what the sinner's doing and getting away with. I'm going to tell you a story. Just listen, just, just fasten your seatbelts. I had a man came up to me in Tulsa, and I'm talking to him about the Lord, trying to be nice, lead him to the Lord. I'm being nice. And he looked at me and said, Mary was a whore, and Jesus is a bastard. Oh, I didn't sit well. I went from love to slap. Now, what the sanctified as I am right now, but y'all have helped sanctify me. Uh, that's, that's true. And I walked away and I said, God, get him. He said, son, he's going to hell. Why don't you let him enjoy his life? Do you ever notice why God leaves some sinners alone? That's the last joy they'll ever have forever and forever and forever. He loves sinners. And you see, they go, they ain't got no trouble. That's because they're going to hell. And the devil don't bother people like that. God don't bother them. The devil don't bother them. They ain't got no trouble. And then you got all kind of trouble. Because you're praying in the Holy Ghost and you're driving the devil crazy. Come on, I'm preaching better than y'all amen. And that. 
9.5. Go to 9.5. But the living know they will die. Pastor, why you, you got to get off this. The dead, they don't know nothing. And they have no more reward. The memory of them is forgotten. He's talking about natural. And their love and their hatred and their envy, it's all perishing. Nevermore will they have a share in anything under the sun. They're gone. So go eat and drink with joy. Drink your wine with a merry heart. And God has already accepted your works. And let your garments be white. And let your head lack no oil. Enjoy your life. Quit stressing out over stupid stuff. That don't matter. One more. 12, 13. I just got one more. <laughs> Let us hear the conclusion of this whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. This is man's all. And God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Amen. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say I, I will never die. If that's true, and it is, Amen. what's this? What's 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 earth? It's I like to call it a test. Like you went to school, you take a test. God's seeing what you do with your money. He's seeing how you raise your kids. He's seeing how you how you live for God. He's just watching you, so he'll know how to reward you when you finally live. You're in a test. Pass the test. Wake up tomorrow morning, jump out of bed, and they thank God your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then I want you to think soon and very soon. All the signs that are going, Russia, <laughs> you know what that means? He's coming back. Is the seals open? I don't know. If they're not, they're going to be hell when they are open because... Is the new world order, they're kicking around and they think they're going to recreate a utopia. And they're crazy. They're slap insane. Nut. How, why would you want to create a utopia and then die and go to hell? That's the stupidest thing I've ever. You've got to be dumber than a rock. Well, they are. But you and I, someone gets on you, you ought to go, hallelujah. I'm so glad I'm going to heaven when I die. I'm so glad God loves me. I'm so glad my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm so glad that this whole earth is but a moment. Bam, it's over. This is the right, this is a Christian perspective of life. Peter wasn't afraid of dying. Paul wasn't afraid of dying. All death is is going home. Because you'll never live until you conquer the fear of death. You'll never give until you conquer the fear of being broke. You can't live in fear. That's good. 
Peter found it out, Jesus told him when he'd die. And I'll tell you a little secret. He knows when you're going to die. And you ain't leaving until he says it's time for you to go. So get over it. He got Peter out of jail. He can get you out. Get you out of anything. Well, that's pretty good preaching for me in Shambach. Never die. I got one more story. I've already run out of time. There's a girl one day. I led her to the Lord. And, and she's bad. She's bad. I asked her. She said, I'm a, I'm a homosexual. I'm a prostitute. And I murdered my dad's best friend. I can't be saved. And I led her to the Lord anyway. Well, she went to Calvary Assembly in a halter top and a see-through shirt with no bra. They wouldn't let her in. And she got real angry about it. And I said, well, honey, you can't dress like that and go to church. I said, there's some churches that let you in and make you the pastor, but not at Calvary. (laughs) I'm so bad. And I reached up to pray for her and a man's voice spoke out. I will kill you. And I grabbed that devil and I said, I don't die. I've already died. Now you come out, you foul thing. You live your life in fear. Ain't afraid of you. Ain't afraid of devil. Ain't afraid of Russian. Ain't afraid of the Antichrist. Ain't afraid of nothing. Jesus wasn't. Amen. Father God, I've done the best I know and we've had fun. Father, thank you for R.W. helping me with my sermon. But I pray over everybody that's in this room right this minute that if they've got this fear, they need to get over it because they're not leaving anytime soon and they're going to be fine. we got too many scriptures in the Bible. He who dwells in a secret place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no... We have too many promises from you about having a good life here to waste it worrying, waste it being bothered by what's happening on this planet. I pray everybody in the sound of my voice will wake up tomorrow morning full of joy and happy and shouting and dancing in their bedroom and learn to live like this in front of the world because they're afraid and they, and they need to see a Christian who's walking in light. It's time for your church to shine. I thank you that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I thank you that my mother is with you. I thank you that my family is with you. I thank you there's many people that went to this church and they're there right now. And they're waiting on us. And I thank you that one day every one of us will be back together again. And we'll look back and talk about these days and we won't talk a lot about it. There'll be too many good things to talk about and to go see and spend. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.